Are we on the footsteps of a further correction? There is, and it's the key word right now, concern. This could be another battle that they're gonna have to help fight along with Washington. Unfortunately, it was rough last year, but it looks a lot brighter going forward. Today is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023, and this is The Bash. Welcome to The Bash, where we bring the analyst and planner to the table to discuss relevant financial and investment topics. We're gonna to have 60 seconds to discuss each topic. Scott, my man, the analyst, before we move on to the markets, we're right now in the dog days of summer. Do you have any plans going forward before we get to the fall? Thanks for asking. I think that between now and the end of the summer, a few days at the beach, uh, a few days with you each week, that would be very nice, don't you think? That was actually very nice of you. Maybe you can join us. I'm really pushing to get my family, especially the kids over to Hershey Park. We got to hit some rides before uh, September closes. So all exciting. Some chocolate. And chocolate. Yeah, of course, we love Hershey's chocolate. But enough about us, Scott. Let's move on to the markets and let's talk about what's going on so far in 2023. After a tough year, do you believe the S&P 500 is actually up 15.58% so far? And the NASDAQ is up 31.7% as of this taping. So Scott, even after a recent pullback in August, what are your thoughts about the market now and going forward? Matt, it's been a pretty rough start to August uh, after a really nice beginning uh, of the year, first half of the year, there's no doubt. Uh, and it's very easy for investors and financial advisors to point to seasonality and how this time of the year is typically met with higher volatility. And I think that that's uh, a very short-sighted uh, narrative because very recently, last week, we received economic data, inflationary data specifically, PPI and CPI, along with the University of Michigan inflationary readings showing a better than expected data. If you'd like to review our preliminary data, pointing to the fact that the efforts that the Fed made over now more than a year have been working. So when we see a situation like this where the markets are trading sideways or down and we're faced with good news, we want to be cautious. We want to understand, is it just noise Loud noises! that's affecting the markets? Are we going through a period of market consolidation off of a large run? Or are we on the footsteps of a further correction? What is it and why? What do you care? As we look deeper into the data, we don't believe that we're on the footsteps of a further correction. We do believe that the efforts the Fed has taken are working. And we believe that if investors can look through the uncertainty and dollar cost average, they'll be rewarded in six to nine months out when we're forecasting Federal Reserve rate cuts in the first half of 2024. So we believe that investors should do what sometimes feels wrong, which is buying and investing in the face of uncertainty. I like that a lot. Scott, dollar cost average, buying the dip, things we love to talk about, and you even talked about the Fed um, lowering rates in the future. So I'm going to get to that in a second here. But 2023, I think of the market, I think of expectations. There's this bullish sentiment right now coming from investors that we haven't seen in a while. Um, let me read off something that I just looked up the other day. Investors Intelligence Survey. The percent of bulls increased from 55.6% to 57.1%, which is the peak last seen during 2021. 
So right now, bullish report gave some credence to investors worried that the markets were getting overstretched. So right now we're having more positive thoughts about the market. These are his happy thoughts. And remember the market's forward looking, so we're investors. So I also wanna turn right now to a chart and it's the Federal Reserve forecast going forward. I'm gonna focus on just the orange and yellow lines, 2023 and 2024. Look at that orange line in 2023. We're at 5.6% for the Fed rate, but 2024 projected the drop, like you mentioned, to 4.6%. So we're projecting rate cuts. And on top of that, unemployment from 4.1% to possibly 4.5 in 2024. That tells us they're projecting a soft landing. So right now, that is the bullish sentiment right now coming from investors in the market going forward. Markets in 2023 uh, have been positive. They still face headwinds. Matt recently, about a week or two ago, Fitch downgraded the U.S. to double A minus. Fitch also, most recently this week, spoke about the largest banks we deem too big to fail having to be reviewed and potentially downgraded. How does this affect the markets in your eyes? Sky, good stuff here. And before we start, let's explain what credit agencies are and what they do. So Fitch, Moody's, and Standard Poor's make up the top three credit rating agencies in the world. They offer credit ratings that describe each nation's and company's ability to meet its debt obligations. Credit ratings are available to investors to help give them insight into the level of risk associated with investing in a particular country or company. So Scott, this is serious stuff. Oh, this is serious. This is really serious. Please, please. I mean, the agencies are grading and we're relying on this information. And we know about the recent collapse of Silicon, Signature, and First Republic Banks. We explain this is not a debt crisis, but there is, and this is the key word right now, concern. And with Moody's recently downgrading 10 regional banks, that's serious, and we're relying on this information, and we're seeing that lag that came from this huge increase in interest rates by the Fed. Now we're seeing those effects, especially in the financial sector, and there was volatility in the market because of this, and now, um, like you just mentioned, Fitch is warned of more potential ratings cuts, especially larger banks such as J.P. Morgan. This is important, and I want to say this is a concern that we have to be following going forward. You're a little stressed there. Matt, this is very important. I'm glad that you're taking it the same way I am. And the Fitch downgrade quickly brought back memories of 2011 when Standard & Poor's downgraded the U.S. May have to downgrade the rollerblades. What I'd like to really talk about is the trickle-down effect that so many of our clients and consumers out there are going to feel. Because if there is another downgrade from Fitch, they are going to be forced at looking at close to 70 banks that are out there. Banks that provide everyday lending and credit cards, as well as car loans, and all the other ways that consumers out there are borrowing money to fund their lifestyle. But when you have a situation like this, where you have downgrades on credit, it causes the cost of borrowing to go up. So consumers that have experienced the rising cost over the last couple of years in inflation, from supply side economics, as well as now the effects of monetary policy and what that's doing to everyday spending. Here's another area that we yet again have to be concerned about. This is a serious, serious issue that is being dealt with. And the Fed over the last year and a half has worked hard to battle inflation. This could be another battle that they're gonna to have to help fight along with Washington. Scott, thank you. Good stuff. Good education there on the effects. And let's go back to um, an investment topic. 
something we actually touched on in the previous episode, the 60-40 investor. Been a lot of talk about, do you think that investor is back? I do, Matt. We are back, baby. We are Back. We're back. Um, I'm glad that we're actually bringing this up as a topic because it was about a year ago that the question was being posed as is the 60-40 investor dead? And just to recap, what is a 60-40 investor? 60% equity, 40% fixed income puts them right in that moderate category. But as we all know, we watched inflation jump, interest rates jump, and fixed income really suffered. And that last year to two that I know that you're going to go through, that's been a rough period of time for investors. It's been a rough few weeks, Murray. <laughs> I'm looking forward, though. And what I'm seeing right now is hopefully the return of a normal yield slope where investors are paid for waiting instead of right now where they're being paid to wait three to six months. And I believe that fixed income investors that live off of those interest payments and those coupons We'll be, we'll be able to once again invest in that two-year through 10-year maturity range of good corporate debt that could pay an income amount that is not only above inflation, but is attractive. When we've gone through an environment now 20 plus years where bond investors just were not being compensated for the risk being taken. Scott, thank you. And on my end here, is the 60-40 investor back? Well, they didn't leave. What really happened is the modern investor really took a punch to the gut the last couple years. Don't screw me over again. I mean it. Why didn't he punch you too? Especially last year, because in 2022, the stock market was down 18%, and you usually look to that 40% fixed income to be a safety net. Well, it was down 13%, its worst year on record, the bond index. That is killer to a moderate investor where they got a double whammy there. And you just pointed out why I say it's back. When it comes to planning, our job is not to take a moderate investor, someone that we've had in-depth conversations, learning their profile and their history, and then saying, okay, we're gonna make you more aggressive now since bonds or fixed income haven't been performing well, we're gonna move you 80% to the stock market. When it comes to planning, it's understanding the client. I just want to get to know you, so here's my card. Here's my card. We're going to stick with the 60-40. Scott, you and our investment team have made changes to what types of fixed income, but you just said there's attractive opportunities and enduring and staying disciplined will pay off in the long run for that 60-40 investor. And unfortunately, it was rough last year, but it looks a lot brighter going forward. I would agree, Matt. And I, and I want to shift gears here and go and do a little bit of financial planning. And uh, it's best to go right to the CPA when it comes to a tax question that we received from a client via email uh, who's really asking about their tax situation and whether or not they should be utilizing a SEP IRA for retirement. What are your thoughts on this question from the client? Uh, yeah. In this scenario, I usually promote tax deduction. So SEP IRA is a simplified employee pension IRA, just another form of a retirement plan. But in this client's scenario, as an individual, it's a self-employment plan, if their tax bracket's at least 20% in my world or rule of thumb 25 or more, I want that pre-tax, that discount, that tax deduction now. Bingo, that is a tax deduction. I want it because every time you pay the government, you don't receive that money back, they can earn interest on it. So when this client posed this question, they're in a high tax bracket and that's more money they save that goes in their pocket. 
and they can reinvest that money going forward. So when we have very solid financial planning and we have extra savings going into our pocket, we're reinvesting that money and earning interest. And that idea of with tax brackets are much higher when I retire. I don't know 20, 30, 40 years from now, that could be possible. But also your income could be much less because you're in retirement. So being more in control, I usually recommend or argue for my clients when they have a higher tax bracket, let's get the tax deductions now if you have the cash flow and then you can reinvest that money on your end. Good, so let's get it. So Scott, we're going through client emails. Here's another topic we get a lot and here was a recent email we received. Every year I receive shares of my company's stock. What should I do? It's a great question, Matt. And often we're in meetings with clients that do receive a form of compensation called restricted stock, sometimes stock options. And it brings up the very important point of your financial assets being tied or correlated with your human capital, your ability to earn income, get out of bed every day, go to work for the company. My poor dad can't even get out of bed. That's paying these wages, salary, commissions, and bonuses. And when those two are very closely tied, when you're being paid in company stock. You can run into scenarios that have been pretty ugly in the past where clients are receiving these forms of compensation and there's a downturn in the company. Unfortunately, they were laid off at the same time that their financial assets were depressed. That's a scenario we want to avoid in financial planning by helping clients, making sure that they're utilizing those plans to build wealth, but also then using diversification to rebalance those shares as they're being vested or as they're being received. So it's a really important point. And in planning, we want to make sure to talk to clients that work for a company who are also receiving a lot of financial assets in the form of equity. Scott, it's great stuff. And you know, we're closing out this show here. We've made some good points. A lot's going on with politics, but, but what's going on with banks and interest rates? What are your thoughts? Anything you must summarize here you're going to be looking at over the next few months? Yeah, volatility's up. I'm, I have a feeling I could be uh, pulled off the beach early if I have any vacation days planning because we're in that period of time now where we have some volatility. So I do think that we have to be watching the headlines, but we also have to be looking out far enough and understanding that you probably want to use this short-term volatility as a source of dollar cost averaging and buying and looking out and turning back to your goals. Terrific, Scott. And Let's turn over to our investors. Don't forget to stay focused, stay disciplined, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Bash. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member, FINRA, SIPC. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee for future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this material may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax or legal advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified tax or legal advisor.